All right, going to start the show now. Hi, and welcome to Wheel Nerds. This is episode 22. I'm Todd. And I'm Chuck. Today we're going to be talking about motorcycles. I got nothing. What are we doing? I don't know. Is it motorcycles? Stuff. We're talking about stuff. V-neck sweaters. We're back to talk about stuff. How about Thank that? Thank God we're back. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. That's right. This is season two of the Wheel Nerds. Ooh. In this season, we've got sweet new theme music. Fire it up. Dun, dun, dun. No. No. Oh, okay. We don't, we don't have any. But I love those podcasts with really, really, really long theme songs that eat up like two minutes of the podcast. <laughs> We'd have to do less work. <laughs> we work. Good point. <laughs> okay. I think we need music. Yeah? Yeah. You know, it just makes, makes it feel more real. Wheel nerds, wheel nerds, wheel nerds. I mean, it's hard enough for us to make it, you know, feel real now because we're not wearing pants. I thought our intros with the motorcycle starting up were pretty good. Nobody else does that. No, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. We need, like, more of those. Yeah, send us some. Yeah. I don't have a new bike yet to do that with. He's working on it. (laughs) Soon the Ural will live again. I have a large and growing order with Ural Northwest. (laughs) As I as I strip the parts out of the old housing, and I'll strip two and break one. Wait, how, how is that going? Well, <laughs> well I'm stripping it. two and breaking one. <laughs> that's that's something a little counterproductive. No, no, no. You still get two good parts out of it, which means I like to buy the third one. <laughs> you know, I get three of the posts out and snap one of them off like a twig. Good Russian metallurgy. I mean, you've been posting pictures on the, on our uh, Facebook site about it. It's, it's looking like it's pretty... It, it's relatively straightforward. Just everything is really in there. Everything you see on the Facebook pictures, a lot of that is coming out. And yeah. it's uh, it's in there good. <laughs> the heat gun has been out. The, uh, the hammer has been out. The uh, liquid wrench. Liquid wrench has seen a lot of action. Wow. I'm out of liquid wrench, actually. I'm stuck with just WD-40 now. I've got a can of liquid wrench upstairs. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. You, mm-hmm. can, you can take it with you. Oh, good. <laughs> Something tells me. Actually, I, I think I've got everything now. There's nothing left to get. <laughs> have, you, have you gone through to the other side of the bike? Did you come out uh, of the sidecar? It's car? about like that. Yeah, I popped out in the sidecar. <laughs> it's like, shit, how did I get here? Uh, it's like when you're doing your clutch. Yeah. <laughs> That might be coming up again, actually. Really? Is it yeah. starting to... Not the clutch. Uh, oh, okay. We, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, <laughs> let's keep talking about the Ural. So it's ridiculously easy. It's ridiculously easy to work on. That's the thing that keeps surprising me about it. And like, it, at some point, I should stop being surprised. That's the thing that kind of drew me to getting the ST, the Ural Solo, mm-hmm. is something that easy well, to work and, on. And you know what? It's even simpler. It's Final Drive has a quarter of the stuff inside it. Mine does. It has two gears yeah. and a seal. Yeah. I mean, that, that's like a big draw for me. And then the engine's idiotically easy. But I mean, this this Final Drive, and I was all worried about it, and I'm like, how's it going to come out? And it's like, you know, and I read all these instructions. They're long instructions. Like, Move this, push this boot back, do this, do this, do this. Yeah. Turns out these instructions are very good and useful. But what they really mean is do all the shit that frees this bolt up and undo it and then undo this one and then move it left and then back and then it's in your hands and you're holding the final drive. <laughs> that is fucking it right there. <laughs> well, you know, like every service manual in existence sort of overdoes it. Yeah, and I suppose in fairness they have to or some guy will be like yanking on something with a cotter pin still stuck in, it. <laughs> in his eye. Oh, shit. I forgot <laughs> to order another spacer ring. <laughs> It's all right. Ben at Ural Northwest knows me by name now. <laughs> I bet he giggles when you call. I'm not making that up. <laughs> I think I'm putting his kids through college. <laughs> He's like, Todd, hi. I was just looking at my hey! new boat. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> how, how, how are the costs on the, on the parts? Not bad, actually. I think so, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get away with all of this shenanigans for probably under 400 bucks. So will the Euro be going with us to Escalani? Not likely. It'll be the Strom. Okay. Because if it's me traveling by myself and I want to make time to get places, yeah. It won't be on the Euro. Yeah. No, it won't no. be on the Euro. No, it might be back together by then. But the Euro is going to be. I, here's the fun announcement. If I get a job in Salt Lake City, it's you know, like actually in the city and fairly close to home, yeah. the Euro is going to be my winter car. <laughs> well, because, you know, it, yeah, it the wife it. has jobs. Yeah. The wife, by the way, that's that still feels weird every time I say it. Oh, yeah. I can't stop, I can't stop shiny, sticking around with a ring. The shiny ring. I got the shiny ring, and I picked the one that sort of looks a little faintly like a gear and yeah. sort of vaguely mechanical. Yeah. I'm a geek. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Thanks. But uh, How's that been? A couple weeks now, it's, yeah. It's a lot like living together for seven years, except, you know, everybody asks how it is. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody asks, you've been living together for seven years. How is it? Uh... Pretty good. We've we settled on a toothpaste we both like, and it won't change much. <laughs> I have a kid. 
Then it'll change. That's what I hear. <laughs> That's when it goes, oh, so bad. I mean, good. I mean, everything is great. Hi, honey. <laughs> so happy. Bad good. Lord knows. <laughs> yeah. Chuck, Chuck talks a big game, but his daughter does anything cute, and he's just like, melt. Yeah. Well, you know how John, uh, John Alaska was talking about, just go. Your kids will be fine. Your wife will be fine. Your air is free. Nothing will bad will happen. I'm just like, I won't be fine. Yeah. <laughs> I will miss them. <laughs> my daughter gives me hugs every day. I will miss that and cry at night in my little sleeping bag. It's hard. Eh? No, I hard totally to understand. You kidding me? No, she no. looks like a giant, cute generator. That's pretty much her role. Yeah. yeah I mean, she's more popular than we are on the show, and she's only been on it once. I know. It's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the, your, your role's going to come back to life. It's going to be my uh, my winter vehicle, because the wife's going to have the car. And uh, if I'm just going somewhere in town, I figure I'll get a windshield and fairing kind of thing for it. And uh, We have to do anything with the tires? Gear. Uh, no, I don't think so. I'm just going to put the normal Ural tires on it because it handles fine in the snow with those, okay. you know, two wheel drive in cases of great need. And then I figure, you know, what I'll do is I'll get some of those uh, heated chaps to go with my, uh, <laughs> no, really it's like to put underneath the suit. Cause dude, have you ever had slush being sprayed <clears throat> on you while you're riding a motorcycle? Let me assure no, yes, you. Yes, I have. <laughs> you I have. have. I have. I came uh, on the Suzuki when just uh, coming out of this last winter, I was riding it to and from work. I got caught in a storm. Oh, yeah. And I came off just like this. You could peel this layer of chuck that is made of ice <laughs> off of me. <laughs> it was horrible. Yeah, I got that. Except in the Ural, of course, I look strange, too. So people, the big truck comes up beside me and he matches speed with me. And he's throwing fucking slush at me while he's like, whoa, what is that? There's, there's a correction there. Yeah. You don't need the part that says in the Ural. Good point. Yeah. You just, I suppose, yeah, being on a motorcycle and that, people are like, wow, look at that. Not even that. Yeah. It's just you. You look strange. That's fair. <laughs> it's all these wheel nerd stickers all over my bikes. <laughs> and your body. Available now. That's right. Buy our wheels nerd stickers. I'm selling them direct. They seem like the printing's a little better. The Zazzle stickers weren't bad, but I think the, the vinyl ones are nicer. The vinyl ones are nicer. We're getting some pictures from people. Cool. Uh, Tom sent us one. Um, Jeffrey sent us one. Yeah, so the, the Ural will live again. Parts are on the way. And the only the only downside is these needle bearings. You ever encountered needle bearings before? No. So needle bearings are like, uh, so you know, like when you see the old building the pyramids things, there's the giant block and there's the slaves pushing the block and it's on logs that it's rolling on. Yeah. That's the same principle as a needle bearing. Okay. So a needle bearing basically is two rings of metal and one of them is like a little recess. So there's like a racetrack basically. And you put these little metal logs in the racetrack with grease and then manage to get the other one without knocking any logs off into it. <laughs> and then those would act as the bearings. How does that work out? Uh, it works fine once you get it together. Um, when you pull it apart, the needles just go everywhere. <laughs> I called up and he's like, do you need any more of those? I'm like, I found 41 and they're supposed to be 45. So, yes. Apparently it's a common yeah, occurrence. Well, <laughs> and there's two of them inside the final drive. <laughs> Big one and a little one. That's awesome. I think I'm going to have to dig into the Yuli before we go on our trip in October. Oh, yeah? What for? Yeah, there's a couple things it's doing. It reeks of gas, and it's been getting stronger progressively mm. this year. And the second thing, and this has just started in the past week, is the fuel light comes on intermittently. Like, I'll be at 80 miles on, on the tank, and the fuel light pops up, and it goes into low fuel. fuel pump is hosed? Fuel pump, maybe the fuel sensor, mm. um, maybe one of the vent tubes coming out is... That one might be uh Yeah, I don't know when that make your fuel light come on, though. That's weird. Yeah, it could be like a couple different things happening mm -hmm. in there. But definitely, mm -hmm. I, I think I need to pull the fuel pump. Some wires could be getting chafed mm -hmm. that go yeah. into the fuel pump, and that could be doing <laughs> it. Wires getting <coughs> chafed on a Yuli that vibrates like a mad bastard? Impossible. Fuck yeah, I know, right? <laughs> weird. <laughs> could be that. Could be fuel sensor. Well, it shouldn't be that hard. I mean, it's anything like the Stroms. The main problem with the Stroms is how freaking humongous the fuel pump is on those. Stroms fuel pumps is like the size of your forearm. Mm -hmm. It takes up like the back half of the gas tank. Um, I've only looked at the pictures so far. It doesn't look that bad. I'll have yeah. to take. I'll have to disconnect the rear shock oh, to get okay. to it. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. That's right. You don't have a fuel tank. Oh man, that's right. <laughs> it's totally different. Strums is this giant submerged pump. Like it's just a giant pump and just goes right up in the fuel tank. Yeah. I've, I got to read up more on the service manual about the official way to do it. Mm -hmm. I've just been seeing how the build guys are like, do this, 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 and yeah. don't Any explode. Yeah. <laughs> Seems fair. Yeah, I, mean, I guess there's a chance I might, if I get the scrambler, I might take that instead. Yeah, what the hell, right? Yeah, I mean, it's mm -hmm. 
Kind of dual sporty. It's so. quite dual sporty. Yeah. Arguably more so than the Buell. It'll be interesting to compare. It'll be interesting to see how far asleep your hands are at the end of <laughs> <laughs> Yuli's been having a really good year. So. Strom's been having a pretty good year. Charlie wrote it during the wedding. Yeah. Figured, you know, I could be nice after he lets me ride his very expensive bikes. <laughs> Charlie had opinions about the Strom. Charlie had some opinions about the Strom. I kept getting these text messages. He's like, it makes this, this tuck, 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 tuck noise at idle. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> C- correct. Where is the menu button? It goes, it goes, as you accelerate. Yup. <laughs> What's the buzz? I don't know. It's the buzz at 3,500. It buzzes the rear rack. At, yes. Charlie does ride a Ducati. Well, apparently he's the funny thing he says, he says once you get up to higher speed, the Strom is way smoother than the Ducati. Really? Yeah. But the Strom's definitely like a spaceship compared to the Yuli. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, his thing was like he got on it. He said, gosh, there's so much in front of me. There is a lot in front of you. There's a thing. lot in front of you in the Strom, which is great because you have all sorts of places to put switches and ducks and things like that. I was pulling out of work on the Yuli uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the Indian guys saw me and he waves me over. And he's like, what the hell is this so loud for? <laughs> so naturally, I was like, what? <laughs> well, you, you just, I think you're required to answer that, aren't you? <laughs> Let me turn it off so I can hear you. <laughs> he was just like, what the hell? Why is it doing that? <laughs> What's wrong with it? Nothing's wrong. It does that. <laughs> like, that's what it does. It's an American bike. It's loud. It shakes. It smells. <laughs> It's like an American woman. <laughs> You're going to get punched to say <laughs> She's waiting out there with a the frying pan. <laughs> Clang. <laughs> you have a big chuck face shaping it. <laughs> That's so awesome. I want to show you this, uh, this ZDNet story. Uh, okay, yeah. This is the, uh, this is the, uh, the, gyro, the, the guy with all the weird bikes. Yes. Uh, what's his name? Daniel Kim. And he's got a, a he's designing motorcycle thingy, well, sort of something on two wheels of the future. Yeah, and it looks it looks kind of like you know what it reminds me of is that three wheeled British e car that tilts. Yeah, which a, looks cool. Which looks kind of cool. This one looks a little dorky. I mean, it's basically it's a motorcycle with a gyroscopic stabilizer, which is a little. But it has a steering wheel. Right, it has a steering wheel. And here's the thing that gets me about this steering wheel. Okay, so I'm looking at this, and it's center hub steering, right? Yep. So at slow speed, you're going to steer it like a car. Yeah. At faster speed, you don't steer a two-wheeler like a car anymore. So either there's a computer in there that switches it over, or he just hasn't told you that no one's actually tried to ride this thing. It's going to be terrifying. I imagine it's a computer, something like that. They don't have a fly-by-wire system that anyone's been happy with yet, though. Yeah. It's purely electric, and it has a gyroscope. Well, he's aiming for a 2013 launch, so he still has some bugs to work out. And to Mm -hmm. me, this looks like something that's not – it's aimed at Asian markets. I could see this being sure. big in you know Tokyo, you know a dense urban environment like Tokyo. Yeah, or Seoul yeah, it's got its advantages there. I'm I mean, just I'm still not convinced of it because you're going to need to. Ca- I think the way it controls is going to turn out to be totally unmanageable. Yeah, or you know maybe you'll just get used to it. And I'm thinking the amount of skill required is going to be greater than most car drivers can muster. Hmm. Which is you know because he's talking about he wants something that's easy. Yeah, that he, he wants something he can market. And this I think a two wheeler is just not it. Two wheelers aren't easy. Yeah. This this car thing isn't like the cool thing. The cool thing is these scooters he's working oh, on. Oh, yeah. Oh, the, the, the box the scooter. The put-a-box here yeah. scooter. One thing I do notice about these is the seat is over the rear wheel. Yeah. So if you don't have a box in there, it's a wheelie monster. <laughs> well, he says it's for developing countries. Mm-hmm. I, I think he could, you know, especially that folding one, he could maybe find a market for it here. Okay. If he prices it right. Okay. I got I to got, I reveal something. Every time I see that, put the box in the middle, all yeah. I can think is ice cream. <laughs> put a bell on it and put an ice cream box in the middle I mean granted I, I see a lot of things and I think I'd like ice some cream. ice cream yeah. <laughs> I get up in the morning and I think I'd like some ice cream but <laughs> that scooter in particular screams like ice cream scooter to me it could be yeah yeah. it's got it's got ice cream truck written all over it yeah the foldy one however now that is cool that is pretty cool I like it I could dig that yeah it's just the little weird tiny space it takes up uh huh I'd be interested to see how they ride. I mean, it looks like it's probably, you know, Vespa or Honda components around something else, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, that, that oh, man, I would love that. Because you know what pisses me off at work? Mm-hmm. I park in a parking garage, and there's a space set off by the stairwell that's essentially the motorcycle parking. Sure. 
Except what happens is guys with bikes, bicycles, uh-huh. chain their bicycles up along all the fence. Uh-huh. And I feel weird backing up my bike against their bikes, you know? Like touching them or just like near them? Like t- either, even I, I, I get in my head like, well, I don't want to get in the way of his bicycle or make him have to like – you know, reach around and under. The bicyclists are doing way worse things to each other. Trust me. Well, I know my bicyclists are jerks. I hate them. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of all the times I've I've like locked up my bicycle downtown, and some some dickhead comes and like locks his bike across mine, so I have to like shove his all around to get mine out. No, fuck them. Yeah, I, seriously. That's the thing. The bicyclists, the bicyclists who who are used to that kind of thing, are just used to it. Yeah. The ones who are dicks are already dicks. Okay. And you're, you're the least of his worries. You're not locking your bike in such a way that it's, like, over his. You're just near it. And pl- I'm worried about gang of bicyclists who's going to be like, Motherfucker, with your petroleum engine, I'm going to kick over your bike. Oh, first, I'm going to call some of my friends, and we're all going to push over your bike. <laughs> call more friends. <laughs> I'm, uh, I don't think I'd worry about it too much, in yeah. honesty. Yeah, it bugs me. The ones that bug me are the people at work who, like, park their motorcycle so there's only one in the space. I'm like, come on, <laughs> come on. That's what I do. It's I, not that nice. I want, yes, the Buell needs its room. It needs to breathe. It needs open spaces. Because there's that smell of reeking gasoline coming out of Boom. <laughs> you know, I park now and I have to leave the garage door some open. Guy, some guy with a bad backfire and his exhaust. Mushroom cloud. They'll be like, what's that? Security Free system. Getters! <laughs> You know what really irks me about bicyclists, and this is in my neighborhood, mm. is uh, I've yet to see one stop for a stop sign. Yeah, in the city all. you see about two – I would say about two-thirds of them obey stop signs and lights. And then there's one-third, and they're highly visible because they're raging dickheads. Yeah. Interestingly, the amount of spandex they wear. And th- these people these people are – you know, we talk about the doofus tour tech customer. These are – they're relatives. You know? Yeah. Like they're related. Yeah. The more they look like they're off they're the train. Yeah. I want to be Lance. Yeah. La, la. Stop signs are not for me. Meanwhile, meanwhile, you look around and then like the people who are just like taking their bikes to work, like they have like briefcases and like the They're guy, normal. Yeah. They act like normal people and they're like, a stop sign. Perhaps this would be a good place to stop so I don't get my ass run over. Right. Yeah. Because they're, they're – thinking of traffic they're not thinking i have super glued my shoes to the pedals i can't look at me go look at my legs pumping in spandex (laughs) unless it's a girl no that's kind of hot yeah i'm okay with that she's running stop signs it still pisses me off yeah but if you she's still gonna get the horns of fury if you bump her you can get her phone horns of fury is that a sexual position no it's the horns (laughs) out of the front cowling of the strong oh okay yeah wait you're ruining it for me Fuck! Mm. <laughs> oh, the last thing, the crash video on this thing. Oh, yeah. So the crash video, well, the gyroscopic stability will make it totally not fall over after being struck with many times its own mass. This guy is not an engineer, I'm thinking. He is an industrial designer. You know what he didn't talk about What's was that? the force field. Right. Because yes. this thing must have one. It clearly does. <laughs> so the car, the car hits this thing and they like it goes, it just it goes boing. It just skates sideways. So I, I, The person inside doesn't even spill his coffee. No. I'm like, and he's like, well, now it's safer because of the gyroscopic stability. Um, that's, not, that's not what it, you, it – the problem isn't staying upright. Motorcycles are prone to falling over. Yes, they are. Just at random. <laughs> just, just, ah! just, <laughs> Damn you, motorcycle! Right now, one of Chuck's bikes is falling over <laughs> and catching fire. <laughs> the last oh. part's true. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, like like by not falling over, suddenly a being struck by something as huge as a car. Yeah, yeah. Let, let me let me let me give a little clue here. F equals M A. The car has a lot of M. <laughs> And possibly a lot of A. Well, you're going to get a lot of A in a direction you did not originally intend to go. Yeah, there's a lot of things hard to take seriously in this video. Yeah, I... It, it, well, and Speaking of things hard to take serious, here's our hipster motorcycle. So this guy's built a, uh, a uh, rectangular box, a mirror thing that is has a motorcycle inside it. Sort of. Sort of. It, it's... Uh, uh, mm-hmm. It looks like a transformer. He's trying to make something not cool, which, you know, with his hipster attitude, I can totally, you know, this guy's like, he's trying to be super ahead of the hipster curve. 
He's, I wanted an uncool bike. He's succeeding. Because it's totally ironically uncool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what makes everything cool about a motorcycle? I'm going to strip it out. Yep. <laughs> Things like handling or a comfy seat or a place to see how fast you're going. Or anything. Really much of anything. I mean, as an art item, it's kind of interesting. It's kind of interesting that he actually made one that rides. Called the Moto Undone. It defies the aesthetic of two-wheel transportation. Yeah, and, you know, like I said, as an art project, it's kind of interesting. Because um, it does, you know, it, it, it is quintessentially unmotorcycle. It's hard to imagine a motorcycle without fancy paint and overpowered motors, exposed mechanical genius, and sweet exhaust tones. Let me just, let me just, let me just fix his little misconception about the overpowered motors here. <laughs> Ural Patrol. All right. <laughs> oh, look, he's, oh, man, doesn't that look like his brake would just bind up on that box? Uh, you know, it kind of does, doesn't it? <laughs> But, you know, if he's going 20 miles an hour, he could I don't sort know. of French Flintstone it, maybe. I don't know. And uh, he's got no place for, well. And he's, got, he's, got, he's got the uh, the ironic beard. He's got the, uh, the V-neck shirt. What is that shirt? shirt? Is he, like, holding it down on purpose? No, it's the V-neck shirt, man. That's what all the hipsters are doing. It looks like something's pulling it. No, no, it's just a V-neck shirt. That's, like, how they're made. Really? They go that deep? Yeah, they're made to look like that. And men wear them? Yes. Well, yes. <laughs> You need to clearly you need to come to the coffee place near my house. Yeah, 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 I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hip over in Hipsterville. Instead of you know here in suburbia, yeah, all the suburban dads aren't rocking that look. No, no, all <laughs> the ride related data, including speed and GPS, is displayed on a rider's smartphone. That's safe. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's great. Uh, well, like I said, as an art project, I'll admit it's kind of cool. Um, as a motorcycle, I think it's wrong, and that's I guess maybe what he was going for. So I guess mission accomplished. I don't know. Kind of? He's he's uh, uncool. He's, I, don't, I don't know. I'm uncooler than you. Yes, and I'm so uncool, and that's why I don't care. And so I must be cool. Please, guys, <laughs> like me, like me, like me. Enough of this guy. I'm sick of looking at him. Let's talk about someone who's serious about what they do. Yes, Gazi. Gazi. So I found this. I found this the other day. Gazi um, made at, a blog post at Tees Tees mm-hmm. uh, suits. Yeah, mm-hmm. this really resonated with me because I've got the suit that has the waterproof membrane in it. You know, it's actually bonded to the outer shell, uh-huh. and uh, it it feels, especially when it's damp, like wearing a damp garbage bag. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a good suit and it's protective and all that. But I, I'm and at the same time, the waterproofing of the thing is kind of eh, because it's got all these vents in it, and every one of those vent zippers will leak a little bit of water. So, mm-hmm. you know, I end up with these little spots of water all over my body, mm-hmm. and I'm wearing a damp garbage bag. It's like, yeah, this is why I keep a set of rain gear in my bike, even though I've got a waterproof suit, because, frankly, the waterproof suit, you give up too much. It's crappy waterproof, and it's crappy regular suit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is kind of what Gazi's getting to. Um, and I'm really, I'm, I think he's, I like what he's getting at here. Yeah. Well, you know, with his, the, the Lombard suit, the one I have, mm-hmm. it's been like a kind of a point of contention because originally he was saying water resistant, waterproofish, and yeah. all, you know, a lot of people were, were kind of picking bones with it because they were like, well, I'd go out in the rain and I've got a wet, you know, spot here and you're not waterproof and. Well, it is water resistant. Yeah, I, I mean, I especially if it's DWR treated. Yeah, I mean, I've I've hit my suit uh, with a couple cans of waterproofing, mm. and uh, I've been through some rain. I've I've never had to pull over to pull on rain gear yet. Granted, the rain we get here is not the rain that most people get. Yeah, it's not like dumping, pouring frog stranglers. But I, I have ridden it through snowstorms mm-hmm. where you know I, I get the peel off chuck, mm-hmm. and uh, I haven't gotten wet there either. Well, I think it's. I think it's. It's if it's water resistant, that's good enough. You know, you hit a little shower, no big deal. But yeah. for a real big rain, you want a good rain suit. Yeah, just pull the, the rain suit. I mean, I still carry a rain suit, so yeah. why not just pull it on? Well, yeah, because you're going to be more comfortable that way. Yeah. And you know, I was checking out like Aero Stitch suits and stuff. Because sooner or later, I want to place the suits I have because they're, um, yeah, they're <laughs> they're what <laughs> they're awful totted. <laughs> they're just frankly, I've had them for three, four years of near constant usage, and they're starting to show their age. You know, like random little bits or starting to look a little fuzzy and not in such great shape anymore. Okay. So, you know, it's time to replace him. All right. Also, I want a new suit. Okay. There you go. Okay, I want a new suit, preferably in cool colors. Tease is like, uh, they're introducing like several levels of suits now. Yeah. With, yeah. Uh, well, he's trying to hit the, the suit you need. Yeah, yeah. Which makes sense because I'm sure he's using a similar pattern for each one, so, you know. Yeah, I mean, cool. I, I'm, I really dig my Lombard, but the kind of new 
higher end suits he's introducing. I'm like, oh, well, that looks cool. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what I'll end up going with. I'm, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm in, I'm in accordance with his notion of having a jacket. And I have a waterproof motorcycle jacket too, and it's not very waterproof. And mm-hmm. I still pull on rain gear over that too because yeah. it's just the 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 liner, whether it be a zip in liner, which is just dumb beyond belief because now you have a wet jacket with a paper bag inside it. <laughs> um, it doesn't work. It's yeah. not. It's it's the kind of the worst of both worlds. So what what do you say to the Aerostitch guys? Yeah, that's, that's a tricky one because the guy the guys who swear by Aerostitch and in fairness to Aerostitch, Aerostitch is real Gore-Tex. Gore-Tex is a um, really it's a Teflon cool, membrane. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's really cool. Event is better, but there's reasons for that. But well, it's, Gore-Tex it's, has been around since what seventies, sixties. Oh yeah, they've been around for a long right, time. Yeah. It's product of Dupont, but they use a Teflon membrane. Teflon's also a product of Dupont, so no one else can use a Teflon membrane. And the Teflon is actually one of the best materials for it. In all fairness, that said, there is still some v- breathability problems. Um, the others all use polyurethane laminate. Mm-hmm. Um, polyurethane breathes like plastic. Total ass. <laughs> it, it breathes like polyurethane. So yeah, it, the Gore-Tex is going to be better. It's not, frankly, going to be like perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm more inclined to get a suit like Gazi selling, I think, just because it's more versatile. I can use it in a greater range of temperatures because that Gore-Tex in hot weather gets miserable. Yeah, I've, I've been able to wear my suit well into high 90s, riding it through Moab. Yeah. You know, it was fine. Huh? That's cool. Till the part where you tried to run down the road. Huh? We were picking up stuff that fell oh. out of my sidecar on the side of the road, and I waved to you, and you thought I was waving you've come down here. Yeah. You started running down the side of the road in 100-degree temperatures, wearing a motorcycle helmet and gloves and suit and boots. Didn't pass out. He didn't pass out. <laughs> he, he was looking a little woozy when he got to me. <laughs> he didn't look healthy. <laughs> yeah. So I just, I just found that kind of interesting. Kind of the, it's pushing back against the, because you look at the, the Ruka, the, the uh, Ruka. <laughs> and most of these really high end brands are like, oh, well, now you've got a Gore Tex liners, and so it's amazing and it's good in all temperatures. And that's just not the case. Gore Tex is not good in all temperatures. I'm sorry, folks. Gore Tex is good for cold, wet situations. Yeah. The thing I've seen in the high end suits now that they're trumpeting is a uh, face change material built in. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I, can, I can buy a vest that I can take off easily. It makes the suit heavier. I, I don't. It's yeah. I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to they're trying to get that magic suit that's good for all things. Except, do you have any clothing in your house that's good for all situations? I mean, it, it's my thong. Oh God, I need to go. <laughs> You get what I'm saying, though. It's got a face of an elephant on it. <laughs> we really, really need to move on. Guess what's the trunk? <laughs> I want to go home. Wheel nerds, Wheel nerds are back. They missed us. Admit it. <laughs> Wheel nerds stand. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you got to wear all this stuff. Yeah. Got to. Have to. Yeah, or else bad things. Bad things might happen. And when bad things do happen and you're wearing it, you get away relatively easy. So you had a fun weekend, huh? Yeah. Hi, John. <laughs> so uh, you remember the newbie ride I did mm-hmm. a couple yeah. weeks back? Yeah, the dudes on the ninjas. Yeah, dudes on ninjas. One of them uh, on the Ninja 500, um, we decided to take our families to go camping at Bear Lake. And we thought yeah. it'd be fun if the wives and the kids went ahead in one car. Sure. Okay. And him and I just took off and, you know, we... Yeah. we around east and monte you know do the sure. usual stuff go to funway yeah go to funway and it was fun it was cool until we, <laughs> we came up and over monte he was looking pretty good going up monte going uphill through curbs everyone knows i guess it's different yeah it's, it's easier. easier yeah it's easier and if you're a noob and you don't know that it's easier because it's uphill uh, it's confidence inspiring uh so when you come down the other side of monte and you're going mm-hmm. through those fairly gentle sweepers it's mm-hmm. still a whole different ball game and yep. you could possibly low side <laughs> yeah so that's what happened huh yeah he low side the ninja i didn't see it happen he was following me i went through the curb what do you think the chances are he was trying to keep up with you because he was feeling his oats i think it was uh i think that's exactly what it was because i i watched him in my rear view going up money and he was working hard to keep up with me mm-hmm. you know i, I we we do to talk, right? Yeah. Ride your own ride. Yeah. We, you know, you, you do it in your class. We do it when we go on these group rides. You know, when we did the newbie ride, Claire did it in his teacher voice. Mm-hmm. And uh, we actually, I actually did it in Hunt- – we stopped in Huntsville before we hit Monty. And he had scared himself a little on East Canyon on yeah. a downhill ride. Go figure. And I know exactly the one it is too. Yeah, because it gets me all the time. It's that decreasing yeah, radius yeah, yeah. one at the very bottom there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're just like, oh, oh, she. At least the road's flat there now instead of the giant pothole. Yeah. 
but you, you you know we know it yeah so, so we know it's coming so we slow way the shit down yeah he scared the crap out of himself went across the double yellow i think not surprising and there was an oncoming harley <laughs> but he he brought it back in mm-hmm. so he scared himself he knew hmm. and when we talked about it, it was like you know ride your own ride Monty, I'm probably going to have some fun at the posted speed limit. I'm going to nail it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. The posted speed limit up there is complete crap, by the way. I just want to throw that out. Yeah, yeah. It's a load of shit. So, you know, what I think happens, we go up Monty and he feels super yeah, about he, himself. He kept close relatively and he's like, yeah, okay, no problem. Yeah. So we go down Monty. We're actually down and in, in yeah. the flats. Okay. Almost to where we usually go turn around. Sure. When you get into the red canyons there and yeah. it just turns into kind of the, the medium. You know, do you remember that one? left turn with the guardrail yeah and there's a i guess a right maybe before that or something okay yeah that's where he lost it oh all right so i had gone around the guardrail right as you enter the canyon then okay yeah Yeah. so i had gone around the guardrail and i was watching in my rear view he didn't come out yeah that was just that was a bad time that's a nasty feeling (laughs) yeah i just kept watching i'm watching no i stop and watching no so kids, kids listening at home, when we say ride your own ride, that means don't try to keep up. Go however fast you're comfortable and safe. That I mean, don't try to go fast. Yeah. Is really what it means. You got to know your, your own ride. You have to know your own limits. If something is feeling off to you, you need to know to back it really off. Is. Yeah. Just, just back off of it. It's mm-hmm. okay. I was on a Ulysses that was way overloaded uh-huh. <laughs> and he probably was like, oh, I could keep up with that. Yes. <laughs> and really, I wasn't even, I wasn't even hitting it that hard, to be no, honest. You were probably moseying, you know, you're I trucking little, along enough to be fun. I was like, hey, we're down off Amani. Of Everything's cool. Now we'll just hit Woodruff. And- well, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of the speed at which we usually go through there. And the, the speed at which we go through there, in all fairness, is bloody fast. And there's been a couple times yeah. through there I've been behind you thinking, come on. <laughs> so I, I suppose even so though and you know I'm saying come on and I'm looking down at the speedometer going I should probably just chill <laughs> that might be the smartest thing now yeah I mean those few times uh, or the last few times I've been through it on the Viffer I've gone much faster <laughs> but you know on the Uli I was just I mean I'm I'm not a, a railing it kind of guy mm-hmm. I go spirited but not, yeah. not rail it Leave something in the bank so you can dodge crap. Yeah. So I think what happened is he went to the curb too hot mm-hmm. and went on the brakes uh-huh. and, and locked the brake. Yeah. Slid off and uh, do it. Man, I, I think that Ninja's going to get totaled. <laughs> well, it looks from the pic. The picture's on our site, by the way. Yep. Um, the We're- right side of the Ninja is not there Very ninja anymore <laughs> it's not there it, it's it's conspicuously un ninja can't turn the wheel handlebars uh there's looks oh, like good. the oh, subframe the steering or head is steering head. Yeah. yeah okay so i think that's why it's gonna get totaled yeah yeah that'll do it right there that's frame damage that's like goodbye yeah that's when you find somebody you're like do you need the left side of a ninja engine <laughs> and okay woodruff utah those people are super nice cool but they all had the same last name Okay. I mean, and what was cool about it, I go back on the bike. He's kind of standing there and just sort of dazed. dazed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I got it. You're okay. We're trying to lift the bike out of the ditch and the pickup pulls over and this dude hops out. And he's like, oh, you're lucky to be alive. God damn, bro. You need a ride. Baby. Super cool guy. Rides a uh, heritage soft tail. Oh, neat. He gave us a lift into uh, the wrecker yard in Woodruff. And the guy comes out. He's like, "Well, you know, I'm off, and I gotta go do this other thing. We gotta call a tow truck from somewhere else." So we we do and call you know a trooper to do an accident report. Mm-hmm. There's a highway trooper who lives there, but he was having dinner. So the okay. sheriff from somewhere else comes in, and the record guy's like, uh, "That's my uncle." <laughs> I'm like, "Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah." And we're talking to you know John, seeing how he feels, shoulder hurts, knee hurts, and he's like, "Well, do you need an ambulance?" And we see an ambulance coming. And we're like, oh, well, you know, maybe we should call one. And they'll, and he's like, oh, that's my dad. Do you want me to flag him down? <laughs> we're like, really? Wow. The town of Woodruff showed up to help. <laughs> that's like, no. And John was like, no, no, I'm, I'm all right. He's like, all right, well, you know, that's just my dad. He's going home. <laughs> like, all right. Okay. Hey, you know. Yeah. So what was the – so we, we think the bike is, is shattered. Yeah. Uh, so the, a tow truck driver came out from Bear Lake and, and towed it to uh, Stacy's in Woodruff and locked it up. Mm-hmm. His insurance will probably, I guess, look at this week. We tried to actually pick it up Sunday. Mm-hmm. 
but there was some confusion. People in Woodruff are not at work on Sunday. No, and I, I guess the original deal John had worked out with tow truck drivers, he was just going to dump it there at the scrapyard. Uh-huh. Instead, the tow truck driver had Stacy lock it up Oh, because the I tow see. truck driver wanted $300. Oh, okay. I see. So there's some there's – some, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so at that point, it was just like, screw you. We'll just let insurance deal with it. <laughs> oh, man. So how's he doing? Would be the next uh, question. Broken collarbone, banged up knee. Um, They're saying four to six weeks. Okay. So his season's probably done. He's about shot, huh? Um, 50-50 odds, I think, on if he'll get back on. Yeah. This being his first back, I mean, he's had it, what, a month maybe? Yeah, two months. Okay. Brand new, off the showroom floor. Wow. I think it was a 2009. Heal up fast, John. Heal up fast. and uh, fast, and if you get back on a bike, remember to, you know. Ride your own ride. Ride your own ride. <laughs> Don't try to keep we up. Can't, we can't stress that enough. And Alex, if you're listening, he's the other guy with the other ninja. Ride your own ride. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Similar thing happened to me, actually, once I met up with some folks from work and did the speech to them and everything. And there's me and a guy in a Daytona and a bunch of guys on, you know, like interchangeable 600cc sport bikes, um, varying levels of douchebaggery. Uh-huh. Um, and so so I tell you, I'm off at front because I know where I'm going, and I start going, and, you know, I've told them, I'm like, do not try to keep up with me, okay? If you if you want to, cool. Just, you know, if you're uncomfortable, don't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to go get your lost. Speed. You're not going to get lost. It's not possible. So I take off the guy that Daytona is right on my ass, and we're just, just having a great time all the way over. Mm-hmm. And we get over, and he's like, man, that was so much fun. Thank you. And we're standing there. <laughs> we're waiting for the other one. We're like, okay. Okay, this is weird. This is taking a while. <laughs> and this car pulls up. They're like, hey, hey, are you guys? Are you guys with those guys back there? <laughs> Those guys back there. <laughs> Some guy in a red bike crashed. We're oh. like, oh no! So we head back like much slower and very like alert to figure out where they are. They didn't even get past the first S turn on Wolf Creek. You know the one where the lower half is a little smaller than the upper half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he crashed it on the lower half. He's like, there was gravel in the corner. I'm like, that's that's we, the- that's the. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I didn't want to say anything at the time. I was like. Your buddy and I in the Daytona went flying through that thing, dude. That, that's what John told the trooper. Yeah. Was, I think I hit gravel, and the trooper went walking along the road. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't hit no gravel. I'm going to be like, I don't know. Who's going to buy that? <laughs> what was what, what, what was he supposed to tell the trooper? I hit gravel? Why did we just say I crashed. What happened? I fell the fuck over. <laughs> I was like, just tell the truth. You you don't know how to ride. <laughs> Wheels not on ground, no more. Bike, no steer. <laughs> I saw the Hindenburg. Sky under wheels. <laughs> Drink vodka. You know what was really funny? This Sunday, we're sitting there at the scrapyard. It's closed. Mm-hmm. Trying, you know, John's on the phone with his insurance. He's on the phone with the tow truck driver. Going through this rigmarole. Mm-hmm. Heritage Softail pulls up. And our buddy jumps off. He's like, oh, my God, I can't believe I found you guys. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I just came riding by here just in case you were, you were here. And look at this. This is cool. <laughs> awesome. Well, I get the good news is I guess if you're something screwball with your bike or car in Woodruff, you're set. Yeah, yeah. Good that, people. God, I wish I could remember his name, but he was super nice. Cool. He uh, The only thing I, I would complain about is he kind of panicked John a little bit because yeah. he just kept saying over and over, oh, my God, you can't believe how lucky you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, don't tell him that, all right? Please don't freak him out anymore, sir. It's a low side. He's fine. He's, you yeah. know, he's got a little, little friction burn on his forearm. He's got a broken collarbone. Don't freak him out. Yeah. He's like, you're lucky to be alive. You could be in pain. My buddy was scraped up off the road. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, oh. They had to use four shovels and a hose. And That's not what he needs to hear right now. <laughs> but that guy was super cool. I mean, cool. But, and then uh, that was balanced uh, by the pack of Harleys that were super douchebags. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I hate this behavior. Unless you're part of Patriot Guard or a procession mm. where it makes sense. Okay. And there's cops. Okay. Huge. This was like a mile-long pack of bikes. Uh-huh. You know that the, the intersection of Woodruff and uh, 30? Yeah, whatever it is. Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Two, they come out to it, and the lead bikes split off and block all lanes and just sit there while this mile-long pack of bikes make a left turn. They're blocking they trucks. They can't make their own left turns? They don't want to get a car in the middle, I guess. 
Because there's all these places to get lost there in the middle of fucking nowhere. And it's not like there there were two roads. It's like there was no – it wasn't like there was no one there. There were cars waiting for them. Wow. Because these guys just – Yet another situation where if I was on a bike, I would have been like, ha, 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 shoot. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, you know, this is why people hate bikers. Well, were you one of the people waiting? No, I was I was sitting on a dirt pile. <laughs> oh, right. Okay, gotcha. Waiting for okay. – Yeah, but I'm like, you know, if I was in, in one of those cars that just stopped at an intersection because these guys want to make a left turn as a group. Yeah. <laughs> the funniest part is in the middle of that pack was a scooter. Nice. I think he was part of them. <laughs> <laughs> or he just he just snuck in. <laughs> I've done that one too. I snuck in a group and like, screw you, bitches. <laughs> I, don't look. Don't worry about it. It's R- fine. Ride to live, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's super dicked. I don't, yeah, I don't like that. that that's that's you, you ain't you ain't special. You ain't magic. Yeah, I mean, you're not cooler than everybody else. No, no. And <laughs> you know, there was tons of bikes coming off of Monty Sunday. Yeah, well, it's sunny. It's Sunday Sun- on Monty. I yeah, think. Yeah, you know, you don't need to friggin' set up a roadblock for your buddies. <laughs> Where do we go? I don't know. I'm so confused. Here are your options: North. Uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> There's nothing there. South Evanston. That's it. That's all the options they had. Yeah, they went north. They went toward Bear Lake. Okay. I, Where they're going to be totally camping. Hardcore. <laughs> camping. Except everything's closed. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Womp. Uh, I don't know. I was feeling really good about the Harley guys because of our buddy. And then these mm-hmm. guys came through and they, they kind of douchebagged it. Yeah, I think it's probably it's probably not Harley guys. It's probably just the... Douchebags. Douchebags buy motorcycles too. Yeah. Sometimes hundreds of them at a time. But our buddy from Tula, a Harley guy. I loved his Good bike. People. It was, it oh, was yeah. cool. Him, him and his wife were out just cruising. Cool. You know, it was cool. Nice. Nice guy. Well, we got listener mail. We got lots of, we got like a backlog of listener mail. Yeah, we do have a lot of mail. Heather sends us a strong entry for our adventure coffee contest. Yes, indeedy. She sets the bar very high with the bar, the bar, the, the gauntlet has been thrown down, everybody. Yep. So parking in front of a coffee shop isn't going to cut it. Yeah. <laughs> There's going to be some grunting and moving of bikes through awkward spaces. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty. I don't know if we. I, I still can't that. figure out how that got there. I mean, because I, I'd be looking for like a bay door to get it to where she had it. There's a. She sent a second picture that I didn't post. Yeah. Where it's from the other angle and you could yeah. see the exit door that she probably pushed it in through. But there's all this crap over there. It looked like it was kind of clear enough. Yeah, all right. Who knows? Might have been from At any rate. Thanks, Heather. Strong entry. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And everyone else needs to step up. There's there's not much time left for the contest. Are we gonna are we gonna step up for that? <laughs> we got work cut out for us, don't we? Do you have a do you have a good I relationship? I got an idea, actually. Yeah. You know, I don't have any good re- I don't drink coffee, so I don't have we a can't relationship. Win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can't win, but man, we gotta put up. Yeah, we got to put up here. Yep, yep. I know I know the one we're going to do. All right. We'll, we'll figure it out. So uh, we also got email from Thomas. Thomas writes, I just discovered your podcast. I love it. I appreciate your viewpoint as a couple of writers that don't subscribe to the douchey subcultures that seem to dominate. Except for wheel nerds. I think we're, we're almost a douchey subculture. I'm pretty douchey. I love your take on both the cruiser and sport bike kickstand clubs. I'm sickened by reading and listening to material by people that act like buying a $20,000 bike is the norm. I'm a broke-ass salesman in school with two kids. I don't care about how badass the 2012 models are fresh off the showroom floor. I want to know the ins and outs of a real riding experience. I'm 33 now, and I just did the MSF course about seven months ago. Got my beat-up used bike and got my license. Had I known how much fun riding was, I would have done it years ago. I've been enjoying the hell out of my little Ninja 500. I ride it five, at least five days a week, to and from work, Rain or shine as well as the weekends as time permits. I bought my Ninja from a Harley dealer in Cement City, Michigan. Michigan. They acted like it was cancer and I was a (laughs) retard for wanting to buy it. I'm surprised they were selling it. That just made it cheap. (laughs) (laughs) And Thomas sent us a picture of uh, our sticker on his Ninja. Nice. Yeah. Nicely done, Thomas. This guy is me like five years ago. This was me. Thereabouts. Five, six years. Yeah, this cool Wheel Nerd stickers. Without the cool Wheel Nerd stickers. But this was me on a Ninja... Early 30s. He's, he's, he's got, a, got a solid start. Just remember to uh, ride your own ride. Yes. And, and he'll do well. Ride your own ride. Ride safe. Yes, indeed. But uh, his attitude's great. I like I it. Mean, well, you know, it's, he's, he's, he's out there to have fun. He's not, he's not throwing up any BS. He's like, I want to ride because it's fun to ride. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's, that's, that's our angle. That's pretty much why we do it. Yep. 
I ride to pick up the chicks. Oh, yeah. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. ladies. How's it going? You know, it's uh, we got kind of an, a different viewpoint. Not totally different, but Colleen writes. You, you remember who Colleen is, right? Yeah, yeah. This is, uh, this is the Dante's name. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, she got mad because we didn't remember her name last time, so that's why I asked. Okay, Alice. What did, what did, what did Alice write? <laughs> Cindy. You guys are really hard on tour tech. No, I, <laughs> I won't do that. You guys are really hard on tour tech, you know? I know most of the people who work there, i.e. the Seattle office, and they're good people. They advertise the crap that people buy, so you really shouldn't blame them for adventure toilet paper holders. Yes, we should. <laughs> if anything, you should make derisive comments about the prices for their stuff. We we do that already. I'm pretty pretty yeah. sure we do. Yeah, we do yeah. that. I, I also blame the people who buy adventure toilet paper holders. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're out there, seriously, what? <laughs> Enter the adventure coffee contest. You won't have to pay for it. You can get a freebie, it. yes. Yeah. I had a thought while listening to you guys interview John Bunce. John's Alaska. Mm. But now I can't recall what it was. I think it had something to do – she's drinking. I yep. think it had something to do with you two monopolizing the conversation a bit more than ought to be and after injecting totally non-subject related jokes into – has she listened to the show? What show is she listening to? I, hey, but hey, Will Nerds, is all about you guys having fun in your basement. So who am I to judge? Hey, you're Colleen. If I wanted straight lace moto info, I just listen to the pace. Well, yeah, that's we're right. not competing with the pace. Right, we don't we don't compete with the pace. We like those guys. Yeah, yeah. This is this is what happens in a very small market. Wheel Nerds is the leading Huber motorcycle podcast. Broadcast from my basement. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you, you, this this is the thing, especially in a small market like this. You got to have some sort of unique thing you're offering, and if. We're offering a little more silly. And people, okay. And people like that. Then yeah. and, and frankly, none of our guests have complained about it. Not yet. Not yet. Now yeah. they're all going to write. They're going to be like, no, no, no. But here's the thing about an interview. Sometimes you've got to breathe some life into it. And other times you have an interviewer who, frankly, is just a lot of fun to joke with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, most of the people that we interview tend to be kind of fun anyway. Right. John being high amongst those people. Right. You know, the point she brings up is something I think about a lot, actually, mm -hmm. is when we do our interviews, like, are we giving them enough time to talk? Are they getting mm -hmm. across what they want to get across? I think we're, we, we're pretty much – I think we're hitting that balance. I think we're, I think we're hitting the right spot. I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that the whole purpose of an interview is to give somebody who has something interesting to say a spot to say it. Yeah, you know, lead them along and kind of you know ask the leading questions and sometimes act completely ridiculous to get them to get know, talk about it more. Get there. Yeah, I see us as uh, we're introducing these people to our listeners. Yeah, you know, we we tell they get to tell a little bit about who they are mm -hmm. and we give them the links to where to go to find out more. That's a good point. If you want more hard information, go to their site. And if you want a podcast that does less interjecting of silliness. What you need to do is you get a microphone and some moving blankets and a room in a basement and and never mind we don't need any competition. Say it slow, say it sexy. Oh yeah. Now about tour tech though. Okay. You know what? Uh, yeah. Uh, I am a fan of tour tech. We say it every time too. We like. We tour own tech. tour tech goods. I have but more tour tech goods I want to buy, and the, my prices will probably be doubled. But. <laughs> Chuck, what's uh, that? Chuck discount. She's going to tell them who I am. <laughs> but you know, it, and yeah, if they sell what people buy, and if people buy this crap, yeah, well, it, Axiom in commerce, it's worth whatever the chumps will pay for it. Yes, but that said, I I, I don't have to like it. Yeah, and you know, I'm not required to like it. And their catalog, which is written not by the people, fine people in Seattle, because it obviously comes across as being English as a second language, sort of. <laughs> uh, it's just I see it. <sighs> well, I think your your point before was was quite relevant. Is that that they've gone from just being a parts catalog to selling this lifestyle thing? Yes. You know, okay. It, it's, it's a selling lifestyle a lifestyle and a fantasy. Yeah. And, and 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 there's a fair point to be made that spending all this money on all the fantasy kit makes the fantasy harder to fulfill. Yeah, much harder than it needs to be. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that point stands, and I I stand completely behind it. And I don't like the attitude that uh, 
can it can create in some people who do buy into it mm-hmm. so much so that they in fairness that's not necessarily Turtek's fault. No, it's not Turtek's fault. It's just it's it happens with any yeah. kind of culture that develops. There's yeah. always going to be douchebags. Mm-hmm. Look at Harley. There's douchebags are everywhere. Lots of douchebags. Douchebags are in your closet. Douchebags are in your neighborhood. There's possibly one or more in this room. Douchebags are hiding in the trees. <laughs> But, uh, you know, we like tour tech. We just don't like the – I don't like the rude stuff that comes as part of the baggage. No, I don't don't like that. I don't don't blame tour tech. I just blame us being douchebags. Well, you. (laughs) (laughs) So James apparently is – James from the pace. James from the pace is determined to defend Royal Enfield from Todd. Speaking of the pace. (laughs) Yeah, we've been going back and forth about the Royal Enfield versus the Ural Solo. So he points out – and, and this is interesting. I didn't know all of this. The 350s are certainly throwbacks, but the 500s are a different story. These are the Royal Enfield bullets or whatever. The Indian own. Yeah. So uh, anyway, um, fuel-injected electronic ignition, a modern-ish front brake. And the ish is very not-ish. Um, <laughs> ish, I'm ish. going to push back on that one. It's not. It, it, More not, modern than it was? It, it's, it's 80s modern. Okay. Um, all kinds of good stuff. Sure, they're expensive for what you get, but it's a novelty. That's part of what you're paying for. MSRP is about $1,000 less than a Euro ST. If the Euro floats your boat and the Royal Enfield doesn't, that's cool. But they're not all that different in terms of the amount of technology that's been applied to them over the years. Okay. Yeah. What do you say? Well, you're, it, you're it, the Euro. Uh, you're the Euro. The staunch champion. It. it you know, I, I stand corrected to a certain degree there. I went and looked down their set. And I'm like, okay, yeah, the 500 is. There are a lot of things that are very similar to the Euro, where it's you know a vintage bike they stuck on. And I realized part of it is I was getting stuck in the. I was being that guy. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I I pick Euro first, and then I go back in time and justify it because mm-hmm. I think they're cool. Um, <laughs> but that's what it is. Is if you think Royal Enfield's cool, then you know. They're this is cool. the vintage bike you should get. I mean, a bike is a very emotional decision. It's, it totally is. Yeah, yeah. that's it's, what bugs me about people who are like, "You've got the wrong bike. You're not doing it sensibly." There's no sensible in bikes. Yeah, and <laughs> that goes back to that whole attitude that that really grinds my gears. Yes, I watch Family Guy. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a that's a attitude. You you got the wrong bike. You've got the wrong gear. You don't have the waterproof suit. You don't have the adventure toilet paper holder. You don't have my approval. Yeah, you're not doing it my way. Makes sense. So I guess uh, I, I will I will stand by my statement that I don't think Royal Enfields are that cool. If you do, well, you know, but they're comparable and they're cool. Yeah, in terms in terms of product, they are somewhat comparable. They are cheaper. They are a much smaller engine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, five hundred versus and vastly vastly less torque. Um, so you know, I mean, but that's. Frankly, you don't buy either one of these bikes to go fast on it. You buy it because you think it's cool. Yeah, one does not buy vintage bikes for their performance capabilities or their numbers. You buy them to get laid so by get hipster the- chicks. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I'll be buying a scrambler. <laughs> so you want to get nailed by middle-aged chicks? Housewives. Yeah. One yeah. in particular. Yeah. <laughs> Chuck's work in the neighborhood. Yeah. I, I've, got a, I've got a forester in my driveway. <laughs> oh, yeah. Want to see my edge trimmer? My lawnmower is self-propelled. <laughs> you might be pushing it. <laughs> All right. We got one more letter from uh, Byron. Byron? Byron? Brian. 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 Want to try that one again? No. <laughs> we'll just leave it. Not sure how much travel you guys have done out east. Next to none. Me. New England. I'd be curious to hear your opinion on a trip my brother and I are scheduled to take next April. We've put it all on the calendar to make sure we'll do it, which is a good thing to do. That's yes. a good step. Just do it. Yeah. Put it – start, you know, planning it. I'm in Albany, New York. I am so sorry. Go on. <laughs> brother is in New Jersey just outside of Philly. You okay with that? <laughs> I'm just going to leave that one be. You sure? Okay. Whatever. I'm from San Diego, man. Um, I pick him up and we head to Houston. Wow. 3,800-mile 3, round trip. We've got 10 to 11 days to do it. Mm-hmm. Visit with our parents there. I'm on a GS. He's on a concourse. Mm-hmm. Do I slab it the whole way? Mm-hmm. Will we lose too much time doing some of the Blue or Edge Parkway and those other pretty roads? Who cares? <laughs> of course, I have to worry a bit about snow coming out of Albany. Albany? Albany? All. Albany? Albany. Albany? <laughs> Just keep going. 
in April, but the payoff is riding in Texas when it isn't a broiler. Before we talk about it, I actually forwarded this on to friend of the show, John, mm-hmm. who didn't crash. Well, he crashed into a rock. Other, other John. Other crashing John. Faceplant John. We know a lot of Johns that crash. We do. John says, John is from uh, out there and has ridden a lot out there. Mm -hmm. And John says there won't be any snow in April on the Blue Ridge Parkway. Very unlikely. Anyway, anyone that would miss that for slab, I just don't understand. In Houston, what the fuck? Gridlock. Personally, take a four-day weekend and fly there and use the other week to go ride Alabama, Louisiana, and Texas suck for riding. That would be miserable. My idea would be to ride to Birmingham or Atlanta, then catch a plane for a couple of days to Houston, then back to Atlanta and ride home. Now, it's not a terrible idea. Actually. Yeah, I mean, John is to be John is a ride snob. Yeah, he's very he knows what he wants to ride, and that's what he, that's wants, what he to wants to ride. He will tell you what the good rides are. I don't know where would you stash the bike? <sighs> Wherever you stuff two bikes into a single spot in a you know rental place pretty easily. And then what, cart check all the gear is checked luggage? I don't know. He's got a concourse in the GS. He's got space in the luggage for it. I'd, I'd feel kind of uneasy about leaving it. Really? Yeah, with the bags on and well, stuff. Well, I guess it would just depend on where you left it. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm thinking like the airport long-term parking. I, well, I was I'm, thinking like an enclosed parking, but, you know, I mean, it wouldn't really matter, I guess. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you can find a place to store it, the idea certainly is attractive. Yeah. Um, that said, I, I haven't. I, I've driven through Louisiana, and it was mighty boring. And and northern and eastern Texas on the highway is pretty boring. Alabama is straight roads. Is it okay? Well, it's not the worst idea. I mean, in terms of what they're doing, certainly don't don't. If you're going past that area on bikes, don't pass it up. I mean, that's 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 killer riding area. Yeah, the Blue Ridge, the Dragon, all that stuff. Yeah, the whole that whole does big kind of oval of space that goes from there all the way to the coast that's pretty cool stuff yeah you definitely want to hit that stuff yeah ride the Appalachians if you're in the Appalachians enjoy it I I might I might just have, would do the whole thing yeah even because I, I mean slabs don't bother me yeah I'm 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 cool with the whole horizon to horizon straight road mm-hmm that's an interesting um, point, actually, because the other thing you could very easily do, I mean, since the, you can make such good time on the slab, is if you know the bits you want to hit between here and there, then yeah. you know, slab it to those, ride him, slap it the rest of the way. Yeah. I mean, John has no patience for it, but I I like that stuff. I mean, I like to ride to San Diego and just take the, the slab all the way down. I mean, you know, and John's ridden longer than I have, so, mm-hmm. you know, he yeah. might just be over it. Yeah. I'm not over it. You have a you have a Chuck no talk good thing today going, huh? Brian, you don't really talk about what your riding preferences are. Mm-hmm. Well, it does, you know. Blues. You and your brother yep. on a GS and a concourse. It sounds like you guys are into the long rides. Well, and if they're both old enough to own nice bikes like that, that means their parents are pretty old. So you know how many times? Yeah. How many, how many more opportunities you're going to have between? Now and future to get right. with your brother on your nice bikes and ride down to visit your parents on your nice bikes. Put your mom on the back of your bike and ride her around. How much freaking fun is that going to be? Yeah. I mean, definitely go. Do it. But, you know, I, I, I would – Stop for the good stuff. Yeah, I would say stop for the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Slab, you know, burn through the rest. Yep. John offers up the idea of, you know, maybe stashing the bike and flying over to crap. Yep. Could do it. Either way, I, I mean, that will well, definitely bump up your cost, I guess. But yeah. But I, I don't you know. Got a they GS, don't say if they're man. camping or not. Yeah. You've got a GS, man. You can afford it. If they're not camping and it's a commuter flight, it might not bump up their cost all that much. Yeah. Staying with parents is very cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you might get more time with your parents that way. Yeah. It would definitely, mm-hmm. yeah. That might be worth it alone. It looks good alone. on paper. That might be worth it alone to, to get more mm-hmm. some more family time in because family time is very important. Yep. But yeah, I'd say do it. Definitely don't bypass the good stuff. You know? Yes. Making time and bypassing the fun stuff is just a waste of life. Yeah. If, you've, if you're thinking you'd have to uh, miss the fun stuff, then definitely look into the flying option. Yeah. 10 to 11 days. I don't know. 3,800 miles. That's round turn days to do it. That's a, that's a pretty aggressive schedule. Yeah, especially if he wants to spend a few days with his folks. Yeah. So flying. Flying's looking more attractive by the minute. Yeah, unless you can get some more days in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would just avoid anything over a 500-mile day. Yeah, don't plan for more than a 500-mile day or you will be uh, not having much fun. That, I mean, then definitely I could see like any kind of road just sucking at that point. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, my, my limit's somewhere in the 350, 400 mile range. Like right, right, right around the, the 300s, I start to think this is not actually very much fun anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you just start missing stuff. And, yeah. You know, I remember John planned that one trip with the 900 mile day, and it made me want to cry. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly since you were hungover. Chuck never <laughs> learns his lesson. No. Hey, I wasn't hungover after your wedding. That's true. I even drove home. I was. I had to be because Kathy got lit. (laughs) (laughs) I had to to sober up real fast. Like, oh, so she's one of the people contributing to the. Ready? Here's here's the bar bill for the wedding: twenty seven bottles of wine, one hundred and fifty two mixed drinks, fifty two bottles of beer. Wow! All right. Well, the wheel nerds are back, but that's all we've got for this week. What have you learned? I think I've learned we need to be nice to Tour Tech. No. I've learned ride your own goddamn fucking ride. No shit. <laughs> Advice to live by. I'm Todd. I'm Chuck. Ride safe, everyone. We'll see you next week. If you like this podcast, you can find more like it at wheelnerds.com. This has been a Wheel Nerds production, all rights reserved. Readings from other sources are the property of their respective owners and are used with satirical intent.